Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. the gastroenteritis blues podcast i am doing hosting duties which is normally steve's job so we'll see how it goes but we're so happy to have kate scott with us here today the play-by-play announcer for our philadelphia 76ers and nbc nbc sports philadelphia um kate how are you i'm great thanks for uh, making time for me before the big game tonight y'all anytime anything for you so First questions first, the most important question. We saw today on Twitter that you had your first Wawa hoagie and we <laughs> wanted to know how, how was it? What was your order? What did you think? I know there's so much pressure in this. Well, first of all, it was freaking delicious. And I got a good rundown before I went there from Amy Fadul and Taryn Hatcher, a couple of my cohorts now at NBC Sports Philadelphia, my producer, J.R. Aquila. So everybody the last couple of days was like, okay, Everybody talks about Wawa coffee and the other things, but you really need to have a Wawa hoagie. And I said, okay, is there a specific place I need to start? They said, follow your heart. So that was added pressure, right? Um, Because I knew as soon as I tweeted it out today, I was going to get tons of feedback, but that's always the fun part. So I just went with what I usually get back in California, just easy turkey, mayo, mustard, lettuce, tomato, pickles, onions. Sometimes I go with the hot peppers. Today, I decided against it. Sometimes I go with avo. Today, I decided I'd go with some avo. Um, And it was freaking delicious because they overdo the mayonnaise, which I love. So it's just everywhere on your hands. And I didn't get enough napkins, but it was fine because, you know, beanie over my head, nobody knew who the heck I was. So (laughs) I, I cannot wait to go back because that was one of the things that my wife tasked me with. She and the dog are coming out next month, finally. Um, but we are both big, call them sandwiches back in California. I am transitioning to hoagie out here, um, but uh, but we are big sandwich hoagie eaters. So she said, you better freaking put your head down and do some work before I get out there. So I know the everyday hoagie, the fancy hoagie, because you guys know there's different layers, right? I know exactly. that I'm not having a, I know that I'm not having a primo fancy sandwich right now, that it was just a Wawa hoagie. And, uh, and I'm really glad that I, I finally broke that barrier today. Good. I don't know if they still have it, but my go-to around this time is the gobbler, which is like the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the stuffing on the, on the yeah. hoagie. It's a yep. special, special time of year, a special hoagie. So it's good. <laughs> well, I plan to, I plan to eat that one. Somebody recommended 
tuna with sweet peppers, which also mm. sounds delicious. Again, I eat everything. I'm really trying to actually keep my weight down because I'm eating so much right now, which is difficult. Anyway, that's for another podcast. But yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to go back. I'll try. We can have you back on to talk about food anytime too. Like we're we're very <laughs> lenient on topics too, that we talk about, so it's fine. <laughs> So getting into the Sixers, um, being from California, you mentioned, what did the prep work look like getting in the process of becoming more familiar with this team who you maybe didn't follow growing up like everyone around here does? Right, totally. Um, Well, it's just kind of a learning process every single day, Emily, because as you guys know, like you've been born and raised, you live, breathe this this team and all the teams here in Philly. um, and, And there's no way I can catch up to that in a couple of months, right? So just trying to do everything I can to learn about the current players and, and, and the team that I have to cover every night. And then in my off days, like today and the next day, I'll, I'll start doing some more historical research when I have the time and mental space for it. And then I'll obviously dive much more into it in the off season. So just watching old games, um, you know, trying to read stories from the past. What was the team like during this season? Okay, what about this season? What were the highlights and stuff? And then going on YouTube and trying to watch some of the games. And okay, that's why I had such a like a soft spot for that one player right because there's some things like that that you can't know unless you grow up with a team so it's a very I'll, I'll be honest it's a slow process because it takes it's like learning a new language um but but I love learning I love growing uh, I love gaining knowledge so it's a lot right now but I'm loving every second of it kind of like a bit of a related question but you know when you took over as you know play-by-play announcer for the Sixers they were in a bit of a weird spot they still are of course but um you know the second best player is not with the team right now but even you know when you started it we didn't really know that we were kind of unsure we were like will ben be here will ben not how did that kind of affect how you were preparing for the season if it did at all yeah um it it actually didn't too much uh, because obviously i haven't dealt with this exact situation before since the majority of my work uh, prior to landing here in philly was covering colleges but but that's always happened um, at all the different kinds of sports I've covered, whether it was a star player was suspended, whether it was a star player suffered a season ending injury in preseason camp the week before, like stuff like this happens. Um, so I always have just prepped for the players I know are going to be there. And then I'll always have initial prep for the players who might be there, uh, might not for, again, whatever reason that may be. Um, but, but really just focus on what you know is going to be there. Because again, as a play-by-play, I'm not there for my opinion. I'm not working in sports talk radio right now. It's not, what do I want to happen? What do I think should happen? It's just, what is happening? Who's here right now? Let's talk about these guys. Uh, let's talk about how this group can get better, what they're struggling at right now. So yeah, it didn't really affect things that much, but I, but I know a lot of other people are having a very fun time talking about it. So was it a difficult decision for you to take this job? Obviously it's a big geographical change for you, but it's also a massive undertaking to be a play-by-play person for an NBA franchise. So like, was it hard for you? Did you agonize much over whether or not to take the job? Like, what was it like for you? Uh, No, Uh, I think the agonizing was, holy crap, 
hell yes, let's sure. do this. How do we make this happen? But but I, I did have some time to process with some friends before I got the call and they offered me the job. I remember uh, going on a walk with a good friend um, back in Oakland. We were walking my dog and I told her what was going on. Uh, again, none of my friends who were kind of my inner circle work in the sports broadcasting industry. So they have, always have a really interesting perspective because like, they don't have jobs that would move them across the country. Most of them are teachers and nurses and they're like set and having kids and locked down where they are. Um, and I said, yeah, things went really well. The audition was great, I think. It, it felt like I did the best I could. We had a really nice lunch afterwards. But, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get it. I mean, there's 8 million amazing broadcasters right now who are looking for a job like this, especially in COVID, looking for something with stability. And there's 30 jobs like this in the NBA, and they rarely come open. Again, Mark was here for 27 years. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure they were looking at me as potentially the next generation. Um, so it was great. My friend goes, yeah, but Kate, what, what if you are it? And what if they do want you? And what if you get it? Are you going to move across the country? <laughs> and, and that was the first time I think that I started to think about it. And there was definitely a little, oh gosh, yeah, I guess, I guess there is that possibility, huh? Um, but just because of what I just said, I mean, as a broadcaster, or at least in the broadcasting I've done over the past decade plus, you always want to grow and get better as a broadcaster. So for me, started in high school, move up to college, then pro when you can get the opportunity, because again, people get these jobs and they never leave them because it's the top of the top for a lot of people. Olympics, international soccer, you know, I'm hoping to transition that international soccer for the Copa um, and the Gold Cup that I called earlier this year into a World Cup or 10 in the years to in summers to come. But, you know, it's just kind of that next step. So it was, wow, if this was really a possibility to get one of these extremely sought after jobs. And on top of that, as you guys know, like in Philadelphia, one of, if not the best sports town in America with a franchise like the 76ers, who when I think of the NBA, even as a kid who grew up and lived all 38 years of my life up until now in California, like when I think of the NBA, I think of the Sixers. They're that big. They're that much of a global brand. Um, so yeah, that is a really long answer of saying there might've been a slight bit of hesitation just because it has been a lot to uproot my life um, so quickly and, and to leave so much of what I care about, although it is slowly making its way out here to the East Coast. So that was a lot, but there was never any hesitation because this is, as Mark has said, the job of a lifetime. I'm sure, you know, you've noticed by now, but like when you take the job to become, you know, play-by-play -play announcer for the Sixers, you're kind of taking the job to become all of our friends. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there was, you know, the joke going this summer that the biggest uncertainty with the Sixers was who was going to be our next play-by-play -play announcer. And so, of course, once we found out is Kate Scott, it's like, well, let's, let's look into Kate Scott. Like, who's this? Who the hell's Kate Scott? Kate Scott has done a lot of different sports. And so my question for you um, you know, of course, you know, you're doing basketball full time. And we also know you do a ton of football, but you've done a lot of other sports. So if basketball and football aside, what has been your favorite sport to call? Yeah, I should have a better answer to this question by now because I, I get asked a lot, but I... I... Basketball is my number one, obviously. Um, and to be honest, I, I wasn't really sure if I enjoyed calling football up until this past season when I got to call 13 straight weeks with former Philadelphia Eagle Mike Golick, which was just an absolute dream. But 
I was only given like, I like to call them the, the lady broadcast. Yeah, let's let a lady call a game. So it was one game every couple of years. And you guys know, if you're asked to do something once every couple of years, like <laughs> you get to the end of your shift and you're like, well, I think I kind of sucked, but I might've liked it. Can I have like maybe 14 more days of trying this to see if I'm any good at it? I just could never get into a rhythm with it. So so now I know that, yes, I do in fact like um, calling football. Soccer is another, cause that was a sport I, I played the most growing up. I played hoops and tennis and ran track and fields, but soccer was my travel sport. And I was planning to actually go to college on a scholarship and play, but wrecked my knee like so many athletes do. And that was what transitioned me away from playing into broadcasting sports. So love those. But then like softball was one of the first sports I quit because it was so boring when I was growing up because the pitchers threw so fast, like nobody could hit the ball. And I'm standing at it short being like, well, okay, well, if I was playing basketball or soccer right now, I'd have touched the ball 50 times. And now my lips hurt because I'm spitting so many seeds and the salt is just <laughs> anyway. But college softball these days is really freaking exciting. And the Pac-12 has some of the best teams in the country. So I, I loved calling that too. I knew nothing about volleyball other than a lot of my friends played who were tall in high school. Um, and of course that was the first sport I was asked to call back in the day. So you just say yes and figure it out. And that's really fast paced. If anybody watched the national championship a couple of days ago. So I love calling all of them um, because they all require different skills. They all have a different pace. They all have a different vocabulary. And as I kind of said before, they're all kind of a different language, even though they all then mold and meld into one common language so I think they've I think calling all the different sports that I have has really helped prepare me for this you mentioned uh Mark Zumoff who of course we loved who was who was uh here with us for so long what were your conversations like with him as you were coming in and as as uh he was exiting like was he sort of helpful in in the transition period were you talking to him at all before you officially had the job or what was that like Oh my gosh. Should I just start by saying like, Zoo is such an ass. My yeah, God. be like, you know what? what He's jerk. kind like, of a dick. He has yeah. you guys all, he just has everybody hoodwinked here yes. in Philly. Oh, I'm kidding. Well, He's really just... get some listens on this podcast. Wouldn't that yeah. be great? Wouldn't that yeah. be great? Yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes, Zoo is actually the biggest <laughs> asshole in the world. That'd be great. Um, no, we're going to be <laughs> exactly that'll be that that'll go great so it's yeah. been great being the the sixers Perfect. um you know voice for two and a half months <laughs> I'll, I'll you guys later headed back to california no zoo is he you guys know he is exactly what you have all known growing up i mean he is a phenomenal human we actually connected for the first time a couple of years ago because as you know he's also a teacher and loves to pass things on to the next generation so he reached out when he was updating one of his books and he was talking about women getting his play by play so we chatted for a good 45 minutes and stayed in touch and then when i saw he retired and i'm sure some folks have read this <laughs> first thing I said when I was reading his goodbye um, piece that he penned for NBC Sports Philadelphia.com was, oh my gosh, whoever tries to take over him for him is a freaking idiot because I know how much of a legend he is here. I've listened to him over on the other side of the country. But now that I'm here, I could not be taking the baton from a better person because he gets all of it. He knows what he did and what a legend he is and how much he means to Philly fans. At the same time, he knows how difficult that could potentially make it for me, the person taking over for him. We've been texting. I mean, he took me out to lunch the first week I was here and 
tweeted out that wonderful picture, which I did not expect at all. You know, we had our two and a half hour lunch and I, I told him, hey, I would love if you'd be open to it, Mark, for us to take a picture just so people know that I'm, I'm trying to do what I can to learn from the legend. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course he sneakily took it on his phone. And, you know, before I even had a chance to, to get it, he had tweeted it out. And so he gets all of it. And I've told him, come by anytime. And he said, knock it. I'm, I'm just laying low for the next little while. Deb and I are going to do our thing out here near the beach. I want, I want you to get your feet wet and settle in. And I don't want to have this shadow. I don't want to be the shadow kind of looming over you, which you can't ask for any more than that. He's just so aware of the situation. Um, but, but he and his wife have been incredible. And actually, we're having dinner with them in February. Mark and Deb have invited us out to their house when my wife gets here. Um, and Deb has been incredible talking to my wife, <laughs> telling her what it's going to be like to be an MBA widow, as Deb says, because... <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll start traveling again in the new year. So there will be a lot of, you know, lonely nights and going to weddings and birthday parties by yourself. Yeah. My wife has known a lot of that. We've been together for a long time and I've been calling sports for a long time, but I know this is at a different level. So I could not be taken over for a better person. And his biggest advice is just be yourself uh, because they hired me because they wanted Mark Zumoff. They hired you because they want Kate Scott. He said, it's going to be difficult for the fans because they have listened to me for all of their lives. So it's gonna be a big switch because not only are you not Mark Zumoff, you're also a woman, you're also from California, like all these other layers. And he said, kid, just keep your head down and do work. I've listened to you, you're great. The people here think you're great. So try to block out the haters as much as you can and just do your thing. And it's gonna take a while because you know that, that was one of the last things he said was like, you've heard me the last few years. Those were years 26 and 27 of my play-by-play -play career for the Sixers. He's like, I'm sure if a lot of folks went back to years one and two, they would have some critique as well. So just remember, kid, it's two months in. I was 27 years in. So just keep doing your thing. I mean, along those lines, I will say that um, it is like clearly a very hard transition and I expect it to be a more difficult transition. So I've been very impressed at how, you know, quickly you and Allah have kind of clicked and check um, is in the mail. Check is in the mail. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we did want to ask you a little bit about Allah because we had Allah on the podcast last year and he was, you know, so nice to us and like, and just like really, you know, it was, you know, just like you it was so nice for him to come on and talk to us and, and he gave us, you know, such thoughtful answers and he seems like a really good guy. So, how for the two of you, how has it been as you kind of develop your chemistry, you know, on the broadcast? And then, you know, also, you know, how is this kind of compared to the past where, you know, this, you know, you've had, I, you know, you mentioned with Mike Golick, where you've had, you know, full time partners as recently yeah. as this year, but this will be not just this year, but, you know, for a long time going forward. Forever. How <laughs> um, yeah, I, gosh. Almost every night, you guys, I, I thank my lucky stars that Allah is my partner because um, just what you said, Dan, this could be great or it could be awful because this is the person you're with. <laughs> you know, in a lot of the college sports I called, you would rotate because depending on what city you were in, it would be the analyst who lived in that city. Or if there was a specific team you were covering, that analyst would be assigned to that team. And 
there was just not much rhythm to the partners you worked with. Um, and the crazy thing is, uh, Ala and I didn't even audition together because Ala was sick when I auditioned. So Mark Jackson was my partner when I auditioned. So <laughs> when they offered me the gig and I got the gig, I was still thinking, oh, I really hope Ala likes me because if not, this could really suck for a lot of people involved, <laughs> thankfully. He is the most wonderful human too. You guys are so lucky. I, I, I'm getting close to including myself in the we when I come to talking about Philadelphia. I feel like I need to earn a little more before I get there. But he is, oh my gosh, so knowledgeable about basketball, first and foremost, has a great voice. These are the things that are just before anything else when you're a broadcaster, at least in my opinion. Great personality too on top of that because 82 games when you're covering a team for a long season there's going to be games that are awful right you're going to get blown out by the Grizzlies without John Morant by 30 plus points and there's going to be a few minutes where you're like okay don't really have anything great to say let's talk about fairy princesses or whatever we did that <laughs> night you know but and again I'm sure most of you guys and, and the listeners to your pod have heard that the first night he brought me his favorite hoagie and you know the the a couple of nights later, he brought me a framed photo montage of a bunch of pictures of me and us from our first night at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, and he's just continued to be great. Every time he's driving into a game, hey, partner, you, you need food for tonight? I got you covered. I'm stopping by my favorite hoagie spot. No, Walla, I'm good. You know, every, every night when we leave, we give each other a kiss on the cheek and he goes, you need anything? Give me a call heads out the door. Um, we talked about the fact that at some point I'm going to go to his home and we're going to have a Godfather marathon because one of the things that is a huge blind for, spot for me is movies because trying to work my way up in the sports industry as a woman, I've had to just put the blinders on and be all sports most of the time. So I've missed a lot of classics like the Godfather. And he found that out the other day and was like, Kate, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're coming to my house. We're sitting in the recliners, we're throwing back some beers and we're going through it. And it's gonna be great. It's gonna be like a history session for you. Um, so I don't know how I got on that topic but I'm absolutely freaking loving working with him. Um, I think our chemistry is great already. We both wish we weren't stepping on each other so much but that's again, we'll, we'll figure out each other's timing and pace. We've only been working together for a little over two months but I'm really excited that this is where we're starting because <laughs> And I'll end my Allah note on this. He he told me, uh, I guess last night when we were calling the Celtics game in studio, he's like, Zoo called me when he was driving the other day. I said, oh, that's awesome. How was it? And he said, I mean, it was so great to catch up with my brother. But I told him, I was like, Zoo, I love you, brother. But Kate's stupid like me. Like, she's stupid. She'll She'll go there with me. <laughs> And I said, that is a great way to summarize it because we're just kids so happy to be getting paid to call basketball. So I hope that joy and that fun comes through in our broadcast. Hey, I, I, I want to say real quick because Steve will never say it, but Steve does, Steve is an actor and Steve has a movie on Netflix and I'll let him sure. fill you in about it, but you should definitely watch it. We are running out of time, so I won't be talking about that. <laughs> this is an amazing um, note, Dan. Thank you for throwing that in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. We do have a lot of questions. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I need to know. <laughs> um, yes, I do. I have a movie on Netflix right now called This is the Night. Um, you can wedge it in between a couple of the Godfather movies. It pairs nicely. Uh, it's really right on that quality. Uh, if you want to watch it, be is my it a guest. short? Is it a trilogy? It's are a feature. Rock? 
It's a okay. feature with uh, Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale. And uh, yeah, if you want to watch that, then Ooh. be my guest. Those are um, some big names. Watch your yes. feet, kids. Yeah, Just how about that? names. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. I am, now Dan has embarrassed me in front of my favorite I know, now Steve doesn't know where to go. He's in that awkward, I've lost my train of thought. I've been there before on live TV. It's a really fun place to be. When you get the job, they got you the job. Is there a point at which they introduce you to the players formally and have you do like icebreakers? Like, how does it work? Do they, are you doing like trust falls with Aaron Henry? (laughs) Are you playing two truths a lie with George Niang? What happens? Like- how does it work? We have like, not yet, but that is a great uh, idea. And I feel like since the big Niang theory has launched, right? I'm sure you guys are aware, another great podcast. Yes. In addition to Liberty Ballers, Gastro, what how, what is the name of this podcast? <laughs> the Gastro and Teritis Blues, yeah. I got your, I got the email and I was like, this might be spam. Like, what is that? <laughs> Sure, yeah, yeah, we get that a I lot. I swear yeah. I unsubscribed from so many of these on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and what happened. Oh no, this is the Liberty Ball. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I feel like George would be down for that. I feel like a lot of the other players would as well. Um, but do they like ingratiate you with the players in a formal way at all when you get hired? I'm sure in non-COVID times they would. And this is just another kink or wrench that's been thrown into the wheel of life these days. Um, so I did go over to the practice facility the first couple of days I was here and have been there uh, a bunch. They introduced me to a couple of guys right off the bat. Some of the veterans, Danny Green, um, George, uh, let's see, Tobias, trying to think who else they introduced me to. Doc, obviously met Doc the first day I was there. Um, But then after that, and this is what I've done in every situation I've been in before, it's it's best sometimes to just be seen and not kind of force your way into stuff at first, especially the higher you get. So really high college programs who were just getting constantly, we need you for this, need you for this podcast and this and that. They're just so overwhelmed that that's not a great way to approach things. So obviously at the MBA, it's even harder. Again, I've just been going to every practice and shoot around that I've been here for. Um, going to practice again tomorrow, and I'm up on a balcony, and I'm the only one there um, mm-hmm. because, again, they've been kind enough to grant me access, which a lot of other people aren't lucky enough to get. So since then, I've come down when the media is then allowed after practice, and have slowly but surely said hi to other people and introduced myself that way. Um, so just kind of the way you would, I guess, at a at a new school, being the new kid, just kind of sure. showing up. So. Um, I'm, I'm sure once guys now come back from a lot of the guys being out with COVID, there's a couple of guys that I've wanted to speak to as well, but I didn't just want to dive in as, as much as the former leadership student in me would love trust falls and two truths and a lie and all of, of those games. <laughs> I'm sure the guys are pretty over it at this point, but, but now that I've gotten to watch them and get to know them as players a little bit, the last couple of months, I do have a couple of icebreakerish questions, which I think will love help it. get me in with those guys. And then slowly, but surely. And then once once we start traveling, I've heard from everybody. That's when it gets easier, even though you're not sitting in the same part of the plane and obviously not staying in the same part of the hotel as the players, just seeing each other, then they really start to figure it out. So I'm really looking forward to that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So you mentioned, you mentioned COVID and that you haven't been traveling. What has that been like coming to a new city, a new team? And like you said, it's easier when you get to travel and you're calling game road games from the, the, from the studios in Philly and you're not there. Like, how has that been for you? Obviously you would prefer to be on the road and be at the games, but how have you been dealing with that? Yeah. I, I mean, that's always what all broadcasters want. We want to be there, but completely understand uh, the situation that I've come into. And that was one of the questions I had for him. What, what is the next year to the best of your ability going to look like? Because I knew, and they knew that everything's kind of changing by the minute right now. And again, I just gotten through calling two and a half weeks of Olympic basketball in the middle of the night off even smaller monitors in little phone booths in uh, in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, and this is actually something I've been doing for a number of years. The Pac-12 network where I was at previously was one of the first to start doing these remote-esque broadcasts because it was a way for us to broadcast more of the Olympic sports, to have softball and have women's volleyball and women's soccer and, and put as many of those broadcasts on as possible. A way to do that by saving money was to have broadcasters just you know, going to San Francisco and go into a studio and calling off monitor. So there was a lot of pushback when that first started a number of years ago from the people who had been doing it for a long time. But I knew that that's the way the industry was going. So even though it's not my preferred way of calling games, I knew, man, if I can figure out the best ways to do this and to tweak my style to make it seem like I'm there as much as possible, that could really be a benefit to me down the road. So I'm really glad I did because there is a difference. Um, I remember my first couple of broadcasts, I thought I was really energetic and excited and I listened back and it sounded like I was talking like this and you really <laughs> excited that Tyrese Maxey made a lay in. So there's just, it's, it's just different because you know, you're just in a closet or in a home trying to feel the energy and fake the energy to a point and there's only so many audio tricks you can ask for um, to pump up the the nat sound as we call it or the effects which is kind of the in arena noise can only pump it up so much and still not be overwhelmed by it so anyway I'm getting inside broadcaster stuff but uh, it's it's not ideal it's where we're at and so happy to be calling Sixers games. So if they wanted me to call them off my iPhone on a toilet, I'd be down. What, whatever you guys need, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully um, we don't go that far because the echo could be pretty bad. I think it's bad for all of us. Um, when you think back uh, to early in your career, when you started in TV, can you remember some rookie mistakes that you or your colleagues made? And like, what were those? Like, what, what are things that, um, fans may not even be able to pick out necessarily that when you look back at like your early tape from from when you started out that you would look back and be like oh yeah I can't believe I did that back then and I'm so glad that I cut that out of sort of what I'm doing now yeah um yeah that's a really good question well one of the first things I had to cut out was broadcaster voice 
Um, <laughs> which is what just overly which, enunciating which like when i say that well i mean i grew up i'm a little bit older than you um so keith jackson and sure. uh, broadcasters who were you're looking live right brent musburger yeah, yeah, yeah. And, hello everybody welcome to the rose bowl welcome to the spectrum and you're like yeah. okay, not a 1970s rock jock dj kate so let's right. just try to find your normal voice mm -hmm. so i had to get rid of trying to fake like i was an announcer and just get to find my own voice, which I'll be honest, is still sometimes a struggle because as a woman, we're, when you're surrounded by male voices, sometimes I feel like I'm going too much into my higher register and I want to stay lower, but then I listen back and it feels a little flat to me and I should have used more intonation. So again, I'm still experimenting almost every broadcast. Um, pronunciations, uh, that is where it all starts for me. Um, sure. So I, I wasn't, I guess, as prepared as I needed to be my first few broadcasts and that player who you never expected to come off the bench is in and then you're like crap I have I, I didn't look for their pronunciation so I'm always covered there um let's see what else I I remember um sometimes at at an exciting point of a game I would expect something to happen because for example like the Sixers are playing at home they have it, they, they have a chance for a game-winning shot and they inbound it and the ball gets stolen. So there's a disappointment, right? And, and I can express that now because I'm the Sixers voice. So I'm supposed to be more rooting for the Sixers. But in all of my previous work, I've been an unbiased broadcaster. But sometimes I would want the home team to win. You know, you just start kind of sure. uh, just subconsciously rooting for somebody. So I would listen back and there was actually a play like that that happened that I was really frustrated with myself in that it was a fantastic, huge upset. This team went on the road, was not expected to beat this top 25 team. The top 25 team who'd had a number of buzzer beaters already had the ball. They were going to inbound it with like five minutes left, sold out arena and they inbound it. And my call should have been, and they steal the ball and Stanford's going to win the game. You know, like I should have, but instead it was, oh my gosh, she, she turned it over. Like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. I'm like, you just missed a critical moment. So, and, and that's why you just have to do this for a long time before you right. get gigs like this, I think, because you have to go through those mistakes. And again, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but I listened back and I was like, damn it. I totally whiffed on what was a real exciting ending because it was not the ending I expected so you just kind of always have to be ready and then other times you just say stuff like during the Olympics this summer I totally shouldn't say this but now that I'm the Sixers broadcaster why not um I I definitely called him the New York Dicks instead of the New York Knicks um but it was uh, on a broadcast that was I think at three in the morning um Eastern time. And I was trying, I think his name was Luca Vildoza. And again, I was trying to say the names with the accent. So I was like, Luca Vildoza for Italia or whatever. I don't know. I was being stupid. Yeah. And I was like, just sign a deal with the New York Knicks, but something about Vildoza and Knicks and three in the morning. And I called him the New York Dicks and Fran Fischilla and I looked at each other and it was like, just keep going because if one of us laughs, we're going to lose the next two and a half minutes on this broadcast. And I just kept going and we went to break and he was like, kid, I don't know how you didn't break out laughing because I always died. And I was like, well, I know this is going to go viral and my career is now over. Uh, and it got, it got a little run, but the hilarious part to me was people's responses to it was, she's not wrong. I mean, That's kind of funny. Are. 
So, so even now, like stuff happens. I've already made calls here in Philly where I'm like, oh, that should have been so much better. But that's relentlessly self-critical. And that's how I'm always improving. Yeah. And that's how I got here. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep at it. So kind of specific question, you talking about like pronunciations and things like that. How hard has it been? Or is it if a player changes their name because I found it very jarring and interesting, especially last night and his freedom on the Boston Celtics and MB blocks freedom and things like that. Like you guys are like seamless with it. And I'm so impressed. I'm just wondering, like, do you practice a lot, like in the mirror, like saying it, getting his old name out of your head? Like, how does it work? That's, that's another good question. And, And thank you for noticing. And the crazy thing was the first game when we played him on the first that was the first game after he had changed his name because yeah. I think he just became a U.S. citizen on the 29th of November or something like that. So that was a, a conversation we had before the game. Okay, you guys, we know this is a story, but people still didn't even, are we calling him Cantor Freedom? Are, are we calling him Freedom Cantor? Is it just Freedom? Are we referring to him as both? Like, these are things we need to know. So it was... Um, unexpected you know but you just roll with things like that so yeah Emily definitely practicing earlier in the day I have you know my boards that I laid out and I always watch a couple of the games um, that they have played before in my prep and then the day of the game I'll watch more and sometimes I'll even kind of turn the sound off and, and just practice the names that way so okay that's that guy especially since we're calling so many off monitor and we played so many games on the road to start this season what is it like 18 or 19 games now on the road um so so yeah definitely practice because <laughs> it's something you don't expect but it's happening quite a bit I guess the last few years in the NBA especially so um and then just you know fake it till you make it so I'm glad I'm glad that it seems so seamless right now it really does. especially with all of dad all of all his dad jokes last night <laughs> <laughs> I was like you're killing me all of this is uh, it's great though I, I appreciated it so yeah so outside of a little bit of practice, what does your normal game day routine look like? Okay, let's see. Uh, for a home game uh, right now, it will, if they're having shoot around, which most of the time they do, uh, I'll wake up and uh, get in a zip car because I don't have a car yet. <laughs> so, And I don't think many people here in Philly, I think you've seen zip cars, but you don't know what they are because yeah. they started in San Francisco. So anyway, they're cars that you can rent by the half hour. Um so, and it's an app anyway, I should get, get Zipcar money now by promoting them, but uh, they're all over the city, just in little parking lots and stuff. And you download the app and you put in how long you want the car. So that is how I have been getting the Camden and back. Um, and I'll watch shoot around. It's about an hour. And then somebody may talk after shoot around. So listen to them, come back to uh, my Airbnb where I'm at right now, print out my boards, shout out to Stat Factor, who is the company that I use for my boards up until now, I've always made my own, but life got really crazy this year trying to call international soccer and then the Olympics in then six years. So I was like, I need help. Um, so stat factor creates my boards for me. Um, I've now since football ended taken over doing my own Sixers boards. Cause that's a big part of my prep, actually looking at the numbers from the last game and typing them in how, you know, a certain player did typing in any other big things like, Oh, Tyrese had another 20 and five game. It's his 10th, you know, little things like that, that I will say during a broadcast, if I type them in and then I highlight them, that's a part of my learning. So put out my boards, put them on my manila envelope folder, things that I do very, very tech savvy here. Um, And then the game notes, those are like 30 page packets that each team creates one of the PR communications persons for each team. And that'll just update, you know, 
the Sixers have lost three in a row. This guy is on this run. You know, Tobias was great this week. He wasn't so good this week. As a team, they're shooting better at three. All the little nuggets, for the most part, that we dropped during broadcasts are pulled from those game notes. But you obviously have to put in the time to read through them. Um, and then I'm adding stuff to my boards there. So that usually takes a couple of hours. And then, like I said, I'll watch a little film uh, on the team that we're playing after having watched whatever I have the last couple of days. And then pop in the shower, um, throw everything in bags, head over to NBC Sports Philadelphia, do my hair and makeup. Uh, wish that could be better, but you know, your girl's trying her best. <laughs> Me too, <laughs> and clearly. Then, uh, and then usually have dinner. Um, if it's a home game, we'll go downstairs to the cafeteria in the Wells Fargo Center and meet with JR and Mike and Josh, our, our little crew, say hi to the cameramen and women, um, and just kind of get our minds right. Here's what we're going to do in the open. Here's some graphics we might roll in tonight, kind of our pre-production meeting. And then all and I'll go up to our perch and see who's doing a pre-game hit. If anybody's on the warm-up, any of that stuff, get set with Jerry, um, my statistician, and just talk about things we're looking for that night. Uh, and, and then for road games, it's different right now, obviously, because we're not traveling with the team, but, but similar, just not attending shoot around in the morning and then still heading over to NBC Philly and just going into, into the studio and getting ready to work. So, um, I'm slowly finding my routine, which is helpful because oftentimes there's no routine in this industry. <laughs> okay. I have, I have two questions, the varying degrees of weird. I'll give you the weirder <laughs> one. I'll give you the weirder one first. And I apologize. <laughs> right. um, I'm going to give you the question first and then I'll give you the uh, explanation after. Um, okay. Did you know that a sheep was also a lamb? <laughs> uh, I think I did. And I, I just want to reiterate, we, we require honesty on this podcast. So okay. don't feel like you need to say yes to be uh, thought of as cool or smart. No, no. Oh, there's no coolness here. Just a <laughs> okay. big nerd so okay I'm so you that. do th think you, you think you knew that okay i think i did because now you're going to tell me they're not actually and then all my friends who oh, are they are California they are with me okay you are correct okay unlike you i got nothing but time i watch movies like a madman so <laughs> I, I got nothing but time i watch a weird movie with my girlfriend called uh the lamb uh, it's a weird movie. There, it's all centered around a lamb that's sort of half human. I got, again, nothing but time. And in this movie, the lamb, there's lots of sheep hanging around. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I say to my girlfriend, what do all these sheeps have to do with this lamb? What's the also, big deal? Also, sheeps is not a word. Sheep is well, plural. Emily, so you know, Steve. I will not be sheep. embarrassed again in front of Kate. One sheep, two sheep. We're good. <laughs> I, I, I have had I enough humiliation. I have this problem with deer and deer. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, deer is the same. Power through, Steve. You're outnumbered so by I, women right now. Power I through. Say, that's true. <laughs> I say this to Gabrielle, and she goes, hey, hey, they're the same animal. She goes, she goes, a lamb grows up and becomes a sheep, friend. And I go, that's not true. And she goes, that is true. I text my friends, Emily and Dan. Dan is a moron like me and has no idea. And Emily goes, you guys are morons. This is something everyone knows. So then, then, then we develop a working theory that Emily is not Jewish. Dan and I, Dan is half Jewish. I am Jewish. Kate, we, if the internet is correct, you are also yes. Jewish, right? Proudly yeah, Jewish. But I'm, a, I'm a bad, I'm a bad Jew. I just want to come clean about that. My sort of a semi-practicing Jew. My dad's Jew. not. I had so a Dan light is of half as well. I'm full. Sure. I love matzah. Give me some butter. I'll slather sure. it on there. We're good to go. So Emily 
had sort of a theory that something about Easter educates you in some way about the sheep lamb correlation. Okay. I have I have never participated in Easter. Thus, I knew nothing about the lamb sheep thing. Listen, that's a confusing holiday as well because there's bunnies, but then there's eggs, and like how do the yeah. eggs and the bunnies? But then there's chicks, but they're made out of marshmallows, and then <laughs> it's very confusing. There's a lot going on with Easter. So continue. <laughs> you, you you know when your bosses find out that this is how you've used your time, we might have some a phone call <laughs> coming our way. <laughs> Um, you're gonna be like, we anyway. thought you wanted uh, us to screen the podcast you were coming on with. Kate. No wonder you're exhausted. I don't know if this. I don't know if this question would have made it past PR. But anyway, <laughs> that that was really the the impetus behind the question and completely non sequitur. Yeah. But I appreciate you playing along. I My like second it. Question. Well, I think the moral of this story is, Steve, it is great to be with people who are smarter than you. Yes. Because my wife all the time tells me I'm a freaking idiot and how yeah. did I not know something? It's and very I, humbling. I it's have that in space. It's a really important part of life. So bravo. Yes. <laughs> um, my second question, which is now venturing back into semi Sixers related, <laughs> which current Sixer do you think would make the best play-by-play -play announcer? Oh, I thought you were going to say sheep or lamb. And then I- <laughs> Oh, we're off the sheep and lamb. We're off it. <laughs> Next done. time. Next time, yeah. I mean, whatever poor sap has to sit in that chair next is going to have to be asked Best about this. Play by play announcer. Hmm. Okay, this is a tough one. Or mm -hmm. analyst, maybe. Maybe like take. Yes, or or yes, or analyst. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm just going to go on age because I feel like Tyrese is probably going to have a future talking when his career is done. But mm -hmm. hopefully, Tyrese plays for thirty more years. Mm -hmm. Um. I haven't talked to Andre yet, but I'm really looking forward to it because I'm a, I'm a big fan and very intrigued um, yeah. because he's always smiling and having a great time and shoot around and talking to the young guys. So I'm going to, Andre is a possibility. I'm going to go with George and Danny. Um, okay. So, so far, just because they seem the most comfortable with the media already. Um, they seem to understand that that you can share, but you can also control your message. And, you know, there's lots of layers to it for players. And I think that is because they've been in the league for a little bit. So that's what I'm going to say now. What do you guys think? Great do answers. Have, do you have uh, any ideas? Emily, what do you think? I think those are really good answers because, I mean, both of them also have podcasts right now. So they've had some practice. But, like, yeah. if we had, like, it's just hard to not want to put Joel in front of a camera any chance yes. you get. Like, yeah, I think he could do like a Manning, like the, how the Manning brothers do Monday night football. Like let's yeah. give Joel that kind of show with, with yes. basketball when he's done. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, Joel is definitely going to be inside the NBA. Like, Oh, that's good. Jack. Yeah. I can't see Joel as a game announcer, whether as right. an analyst or play by play, I could see Danny or George doing that. But yeah, a hundred percent Joel would be on the panel, just being quiet, being quiet, and then dropping in the one-liner. I completely agree. Something <laughs> about Shake as an analyst, peppering Ooh. in some Zen thoughts. You know, Shake had <laughs> Shake had one tweet like three years ago that I'll never forget about how he wants all his friends to get into yoga or meditation or one or the other or both that I just, I loved. I thought it was so prescient and I, I, I would love Shake in the role just to see what he would do with it. And he's having a very nice year and I, yeah. I, I would love and to I see what put Shake him in would there do with, with it. I will put him in there with Tyrese because he spoke to us just before he went into the protocols and I was very impressed with his answers. Yeah. So just very yeah. thoughtful. And again, I could tell that he was controlling his message but he did a really nice job relaying what he wanted to say. So I'm with yeah. you. So we're, we're coming to the end here, but it would be remiss 
remiss for me to not mention all the the glass ceilings that you've been shattering you know you're the first woman to be the primary play-by-play caller in philadelphia one of the first women to do it for an nba team and not only are you doing all these things as a woman but also an lgbtq plus woman um anything that you can just share with us about your journey any thing you would tell your younger self anything like that yeah um again i should i should have a better answer to this question by now because i'm sure you guys know that I get asked it a lot. Um, but just, it's, it's what I say to everybody, uh, not just to women, not just to young kids who are part of, I was very impressed that you listed off everything. I'm old, I'm an old <laughs> day, as I like to say, so I'm still getting up with the LGBTQI plus A plus, like I'm still working my way through it. Um, but same advice for everybody. And it's really just keep going. Um, this industry is so freaking hard as so many other industries are. There's no path. It's not, if you do great, you'll advance to this level and then you'll get this promotion and you'll get this much more money. There's, there's no path. <laughs> it's get your foot in the door and try to get into doing what you want to do and then try to get to the next level of doing what you want to do. And it's really frustrating and lonely and confusing, but it's also amazing and so much fun. And I pinch myself every day that I get to wake up and now call Philadelphia freaking 76ers games and get paid for it. So, so yeah, I know that's not <laughs> anything earth shattering, but it really goes to everybody in every aspect of life, just because I know life is so hard for all of us right now, whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of the job changes that have been brought on by COVID, whether it's because people we know and care about are sick and dealing with it, whether it's just because the world is a mess as a whole and there's tornadoes and typhoons and just crazy stuff seemingly going on everywhere. It just everybody in my internal circle is just really having a tough time right now because we're supposed to be so happy and it's the holidays and yay and there's just so much going on so life gets harder when you get to be a little bit older keep going keep your eyes on the end goal when I graduated from college even the start of my play-by-play -play career this was not a goal because I didn't even think it was a possibility so when I say keep going I, what I mean is just keep learning and growing as a human and in whatever it is that you do, whether it be broadcasting or nursing or teaching and, and, and just keep challenging yourself. And then when you get to that next level, okay, tr try to unlock the next level. What, what is the next phase of your growth and learning and what might that lead to? And just little by little, um, because again, never in a million years did I think I'd be here in Philly talking to you all, uh, getting ready to watch a birds game tonight. But, but here I am because I just kept challenging myself and kept putting one foot in front of the other and made it through messing up things and calling the Knicks dicks. And now here we are. <laughs> so it's going to be hard. Keep going, keep going, rely on your people, be nice to everybody. I know that probably sounds cliche, but it's so true as well, because especially in this industry, it's a very small industry and everybody talks to everybody. You may not think that a camera operator in Oakland, California knows somebody in Philly, but they do. So uh, if you're an ass, probably shouldn't try to work in this industry because <laughs> we'll smoke you out. <laughs> so one last question from me, and it's a light one. Um, you share your dog Piper on your Instagram. I'm a <laughs> fellow care. I'm a fellow rescue dog mom. Um, yes. Love them so much. Steve is a, a foster dog dad sometimes. 
so we were just wondering anything you want to share about Piper and what is your what are you most excited to do with her when she comes to Philly oh all the things you guys I miss her so much (laughs) I mean my wife knows that I miss Piper more than I miss her and we're both (laughs) (laughs) we're the couple that talks about doing something for three years but we're both over analyzers and overthinkers so we talked about getting a dog for five years and finally (laughs) all of our friends were having actual children and we're like okay you two like you know blank or get off the pot are you gonna freaking <laughs> rescue a dog or not because we just had a, a freaking baby a real <laughs> now we're stuck with it for the next 25 to whoever like this may be a five to 12 year commitment so figure it out and we're like okay you guys are ready <laughs> um so she is just such an amazing love we adopted her a couple years ago when she was five years old from the oakland spca and her wonky ears which mm-hmm. are amazing and you you know because you're a rescue mom and a foster dad like you just see one and you're like, yep, that's it. That's her. And we had no clue what we were getting into again, probably in retrospect, we should have maybe not adopted a five-year-old pit bull for our first dog because there are some challenges, but uh, started working with a trainer as soon as we got her. She's a little, as we call them, dog aggressive, but apparently a lot of pit bulls are because they're very protective of their owners. So she doesn't want to hurt other dogs. She just doesn't want anybody coming close to her mommy and she barks and lunges. But again, we worked with a trainer. I'm that nerd out there who has a treat belt and a clicker when I'm walking her around because pit bulls are really trainable dogs. Like she is fantastic now and she loves humans and she's so good with kids. When my Friends bring their tiny kids over. She like sits by them and she knows when she's playing fetch or games with them. She has to pull softer because they're kids. She's and then she just lick attacks them and they're a puddle <laughs> of laughs on the ground. Um, and she loves playing fetch until she falls over because she doesn't know when to stop. So I'm really excited because there's so many green spaces around uh-huh. here um, just to take her everywhere because that was actually one of the things in Oakland. There was a lot of dog parks, but for a dog that's not great with other dogs, you can't really go to dog parks. So <laughs> we try to go other places and people would be like this is my fancy grass get off of it so I'm really excited that there's so much green space and my wife is excited because I think we just spent like $450 on Chewy buying every jacket and sweater and warm piece of clothing <laughs> got that email earlier today so Piper will be nicely fitted by the time she gets out here and uh, looking forward to maybe doing some parallel walks with you all once we do some parallel walks we get mm-hmm. to be friends with other dogs we're just it takes us a little while to warm up but gotcha. I'm just excited because that before I came here, that was my nightly routine. I'd come home from whatever game I was calling and my girls would just be hanging, cuddling on the couch, right? So uh, I I look forward to getting back to those snuggles. They're coming soon. Until then, FaceTime fetch and uh, confusing her talking on the ring cameras. I'm trying to do that less and less because I was really confused. (laughs) We look forward to Instagrams of Piper in her jacket, some modeling shots. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. amount so I will Piper will get more likes than anything else and I'm aware of that so I I I try to make the people happy there will be lots of Piper (laughs) posts when she arrives um Emily is that um is that it for you what do you think that's all I've got love to end on dogs love (laughs) to end on dogs uh Kate we cannot thank you enough uh for taking the time to talk to us we uh have just enjoyed your addition to our family here in Philadelphia and also you're incredibly good at your job we we just think you're such a huge addition to the broadcast and and to the team and uh we love what you're doing and uh we're excited to have you and and thank you so much for for being with us and we'd love to check in with you down the road um but yeah thank thank you so much for doing this 
That sounds awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your patience. I know it took us a while. No problem. Um, and thanks for your patience and, and giving me a chance on air. I know Zoo's a legend. I know this is a huge change for <laughs> all of us, um, but it's we're just we're just getting started. And uh, we're I can't very wait. lucky to have you. A couple years down the road, Paul right. and I are going to find our groove, and it's going to be a absolute blast every single night. So thanks. No problem. Go say, say hi to Allah for us, please. And um, have a great holiday season and our love to your family and happy new year. Back at you. Yep. See ya. See ya.